Hello, Zillennial Canon. This is Ernest from We Bought a Mic calling in with my Transformers 2007 memory. Um, so I was 13 when this movie came out, and actually I had appendicitis. I remember I was in the hospital for a week recovering from appendicitis surgery, and the Transformers DVD was the only thing I had in the hospital to keep me going. So I watched it over and over and over, and it literally saved my life. So thank you, Michael Bay and Shia and Megan. Um, big deal. Big movie. Big action. Big Shia. And Megan Fox changed my life when she leaned over that Camaro. A boy became a man. Thank you. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Zillennial Canon. I'm Kira. And I'm Adam. Uh, and and today we don't we, uh... have an opening for this. Because <laughs> today we're bringing you some breaking news um, that we're heavily involved in. Um, Bob Iger has stepped down as the CEO of Disney. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, Bob, uh, I call him Robbie, Robert. Uh, he called me the other night and he said, Adam, I listened to the pod. And I, I, I've heard your criticisms, and I, I take it to heart. And do you really think it's time for me to step down? And I said, yeah. Like, I, I think you've done enough in this company that you need to hand it over to someone new. And sure enough, Yeah, I was, I was conferencing into this call, too. Yeah, and Kira, like, she, <laughs> she advised him. She said, not only step down, but step down effective immediately. And Bob was like, Kira, I have people to, I, I have mouths to feed and Kira said no Bob immediately and here we are Variety Hollywood Reporter everyone's reporting it and we single-handedly did this um, yeah we really bullied him out of this company yeah I mean he I think he's still gonna listen to this pod so if you're listening hi Bob uh, it's, I'm glad hi. you're still listening um, but pay higher taxes um so, wait, who is the guy that's replacing him? Bob Chapek. He was head of the Disney parks. Um, there's a lot of criticism about him just because he goes more towards business than, like, creative in terms of the parks. Um, but I, I guess part of me is kind of hopeful because he's going into a more business position and maybe it'll go to a more creative person in the parks. Like, I highly doubt it, but this is, like, wishful thinking that, like, an Imagineer or something will be appointed head of in, the parks in all seriousness um i don't hate bob Iger in the same way <laughs> yeah no me neither he's fine he's fine no i I'd go as far as to say he is he's kind of i mean not i don't love him personally but like just like if you're looking at like from an objective lens he's one of the most accomplished like businessmen maybe of all time and, like, you can't deny, like, whether or not you like the corporate monopoly of his acquisitions of Fox and Pixar and Marvel and Star Wars <laughs> and <up>. so on. <laughs> yes, but I'm just saying, it, like, regardless of what you think of that, you can't deny the fact that he pulled it off is, like, the craziest thing. Like, in the, I want yeah, to the craziest Jim's thing level, like, uh, of him just buying corporations. Yeah. Yes. Let the Safdie brothers do the Bob Iger biopic. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Yeah, I mean.
And, and yeah. again, like, I just like, I'm not even talking about my personal feelings for him. I'm just saying, like, if you want to, like, look at his um, overall tenure for the company, he mm-hmm. did accomplish a lot. Um, and he, I think he's leaving because he feels like he can't really do anything else. Like, there's no else. I think else. he's leaving because he wants to run for president. See, people were like, um, and I think you sent me the tweet uh, about him, like, wanting to be on the Bloomberg ticket. And I'm like, you texted that to me. No, you texted that. No, you said you sent me the Bloomberg tweet, and then I sent you. He wants to be president. Oh, I don't remember. Yes. It was it was a big day. I was literally like, I was really busy at work, and then it got really slow. And then I opened my phone, and that was the first thing I saw. And I immediately like screamed and just like texted Adam and texted Sean and like went on Twitter and was just like refreshing it and like obviously nobody on my timeline was talking about it because nobody cares about this except for us um but yeah um yeah like he yeah uh, (laughs) yeah (laughs) well I I saw some people (laughs) I saw some people like theorizing that he wants to get in a Bloomberg ticket and I'm like even if he does, he didn't step down from being the CEO of Disney for to go the, like, for a sinking ship. For the ten percent, uh, let me take that back. Five percent chance Bloomberg gets the nomination. Um, that's not going to happen. He's not. This is a political podcast, man. I, it is, and we're talking about Michael Bay's Transformers too. But um, which why did you spoil it? Which is actually a very political movie. But um, he's not going to step down from Disney thinking, "Oh, well, Bloomberg is going to win." Like, no, he didn't do that. But I do think he might run for president. Um, um, he said in the in the cat like they had like a town hall meeting with like all the Disney cast members, like people that mm-hmm. worked at the parks. And he was, he like opened the presentation with being like, I'm not running for president and I don't have a disease. <laughs> but I was, um, but what else is there? Do you think well, he was like ousted and they just don't want to say it because he's too rich? Well, that's what I told you. Like, I was like, when he, when I read the headline and like it, when it said affected immediately, I'm like, oh, Jesus, what did he do? Yeah. Like, who did he sleep with or like, what did he do? Yeah. Like, what did he do? But all signs kind of point towards uh, it's just, like, a thing, like, where he wanted to leave on his own terms. Because um, I feel like if it really was, like, a, um, a like a scandal thing, he would actually, like, fully step down. He's not actually stepping out of the company um, fully. Like, he still has, I can't remember what position it is, but he has some other position for the next year or something. Yeah, I think... Um, um... Sean said that something until 2021, I don't know. I like I don't read articles. I just kind of like read headlines and then maybe if I'm feeling um smart, I'll like skim them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't read shit. I don't know how to read. We don't read here at the <laughs> But yeah, um yeah, Sean said something about like 2021 or something. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it, it's whatever. I mean, I, I think it's... The thing is, Bob Iger, while he closed all these deals, it's also, like, he's not really... the Like, he's not in charge of all the different divisions of film and stuff. Like, so the, me- the media we consume is not really going to change at all. Like, Alan Horn's still there. Uh, yeah, Kevin when Feige. will Kevin Feige 
retire honestly uh, i hope never because he's doing i hope always job. he's doing a great job at marvel it's kathleen kennedy that i kind of want to see <laughs> when uh, will kathleen kennedy retire which now. is crazy because she was fantastic in the first like what three years and then ever since solo and rise of skywalker i've just been like jesus christ um, um yeah basically oh, but this isn't a this isn't a Bob Iger pod. This isn't a. I mean, Kathleen it kind Kennedy. of it kind of is a Bob Iger oh. pod. I mean, it is, but that's not what this episode's about, Kira. Yeah. We if um, you wanna if you wanna see a movie that truly influenced a lot of the Marvel pictures, a lot yeah, of the, literally, right? A lot of the uh, current Star Wars joints. Yeah. If you wanna see a movie that I think kind of hit off. The uh, the action craze for the 2010s. I feel um, the same way. Look no further than Michael Bay's Transformers. Um, I think that was a very slick transition. I, I it really was. Yeah. Adam. Yeah. Um. So, uh, where were you when you heard that Michael Jackson died? <laughs> <laughs> um. I I was in my that was. I did not expect that question. Um, I I was in my fifth grade classroom. I can't remember what I was doing, but I remember it was like on the news or something, and it was weirdly quiet and like I don't know why we all felt so heavily a bunch of fifth graders, but like we, it felt like the president got assassinated or something. It was like it was very, and you know me like not knowing any of the stuff surrounding MJ at the age of like. 12 I was very yeah so can I ask why this is brought do you want to know where I was <laughs> oh wait you were seeing Transformers <laughs> it was in the car on the way to make a deposit for my 12th birthday party to see Revenge of the Fallen <laughs> <laughs> and it came across the radio so now I associate Transformers with the death of Michael Jackson <laughs> So those are my um, memories of Transformers. What are your memories of Transformers? I gotta say, this is not how I expected to open this up. <laughs> um, I remember, like, a week after Michael Jackson died, like, um, this one white kid in my class, he wore the same Michael Jackson shirt to class every day, and I was like, stop. Like, <laughs> I'm like, stop wearing that. And it's not that he, and it's not like one of those classist things where he didn't have enough shirts. Like, no, he just wore it. He like, he was like trying to represent MJ. And I was yeah. like, dude, like, where do you get off during fifth grade? Like, <laughs> anyways. I was asking what your memories of Transformers are, not Michael Jackson. That was just my way of segueing into the topic. I mean, to be fair, we were already fully segued into <laughs> Transformers. And then you made it like, oh, you can't, okay. All right. <laughs> Transformers. Um, this, I have to say, might be my quintessential Zillennial movie. Like it, it's it's very high up there. Um, I, I, what's there to say about this movie? Um, is it a good movie? Um, no. Yeah, I like it. Um, I enjoy it. I think there's actually good stuff in it, but. 
Um, I think this is, I have a lot to say about this movie, but first and foremost, my memories with it are, I remember like a year before it came out, there's like that, this really weird teaser. I don't know if you saw it, but it's like the Mars rover. I think it's actually in the movie, um, the Mars rover. And then there's like a robot just grabs it and like smashes it. And it just says Transformers. And there's another teaser, like later in 2006, with like very quick shots of all the robots. You don't fully see Prime's face. You see a little bit of Bumblebee. It's just very quick, like almost J.J. Abrams-esque teaser. And I, I remember watching that teaser in the theater for uh, Rocky Balboa and just being mm-hmm. like, holy shit, I need to see this movie. Um, you know, and... it's really interesting how you say J.J. Abrams-esque because that's what a lot of it feels like to me, but we'll get into that later. It does feel J.J. Abrams-esque, which is weird because Michael Bay did this, and it, it there's definitely moments where it feels like a Michael Bay movie, specifically the third act, mm-hmm. but there's also a sense of mystery to it, and like, Brendan's flair, and... Just... And like a weird mystical cube. Yeah, yeah like very J.J. Yeah, um, but yeah, my memory specific. Let me get away from the pre-hype for this movie because I think this is the first time, other than like Trans or any other than Spider-Man Two, maybe, where I actually like felt genuine hype for a movie in my lifetime. Um, the night that I saw this movie, I remember I dragged my mom to go to see this movie on Fourth of July, and she was so like not happy about it because I wouldn't shut up about this movie, and we got to the theater. And every showtime until like eight o'clock was sold out. And we were there like at four. And she was like, Adam, like, either like, let's go see something else or we'll come back tomorrow because I'm not waiting till eight o'clock to see Transformers. And I said, Mom, how about we go see one movie and make it a double feature? And the look she gave me was like, she wanted to kill me on the spot. But I somehow convinced her to do a double feature of Fantastic Four, Rise of the Silver Surfer, and Transformers. She's not winning in any part of that situation. No, because she told me, she, I, there's this Robin Williams movie called License to Wed. And mm-hmm. she's like, she said, let's make a deal. She said, I'll go see this movie, and you go see Fantastic Four. And we'll meet back up for Transformers. And I'm like, no, Mom. I don't feel safe here. I need you to accompany me to see Fantastic Four. <laughs> so somehow she took me to go see uh, two movies that she was not uh, looking forward to that day. And uh, But to cut to the chase, when I saw Transformers, my life changed. Um, when I walked out of the theater for this movie, I looked at my mom and I said, that was the best movie I've ever seen in my entire life. That <laughs> That was the best (laughs) best acting I've ever seen in my life. I watched that last night. Me at Megan Fox's line delivery. Oh my god, stop. Yeah. (laughs) This movie, I had... Do you want to hear my memories? Oh, you said there weren't any. (laughs) Oh, sorry. I thought that you were going into Megan Fox's acting. Oh, well, all I was going to say was, like, just for the rest of my memories, was, like, this movie came out, I saw it three times in theaters, I owned the DVD... I had every Autobot action figure. I had three different bu- different Bumblebees, two Optimus Primes, all the other Autobots. I even had Megatron, Megatron and uh, Starscream. I had, like, so many toys for this movie, and I was obsessed with it. It was the only thing I cared about that entire year. 
pretty much up to like Revenge of the Fallen. Like I didn't care about any other movie other than Transformers. I was obsessed. But that's it. That's that's my piece. I did it out of the way. Kira, what are your memories with this movie? Um, did this come out before or after Indiana Jones? Um, before, before, right? Before, before, okay. because um, that was two thousand eight. Yeah. Then this has got to be the source of my crush on Shia LaBeouf because I can't think of anything else that I would have seen him in at the age of ten. Um, uh, but I think you just really liked the Surfs Up Penguin. Oh yeah, that too. Like yeah. yeah, obviously like even Stevens, but like I didn't like have like a crush on him during even well, Stevens really. He wasn't really cute during I mean he was like a cute kid, but he was like too, he was a kid during that, you know. Yeah, like my crushes during that era were like Zach F- Well, no, cuz High School Musical was like the same time as Transformers, which is insane to think. Yeah. Um but yeah, so this movie, I, like, it had to have been this movie, but Shia LaBeouf was, like, my just obsession during my childhood for straight up, like, a solid, like, five to ten years. Like, still, I mean, like, I love him, but, like, I was so obsessed with him. It was not to be like I'm not like other girls but like when I got a locker in sixth grade for the first time like other people had like like posters from like Tiger Beat and stuff like ripped out but I had like a picture of Shia LaBeouf in my locker and then I like found like one Tiger Beat issue that had a picture of him from Indiana Jones in it and I literally like I ripped that like I bought that from Walgreens and I like hung that up in my locker and, like, like nobody else cared. Like, nobody else cared about Shia LaBeouf but me. And I loved him so much, and I still love him. And I'll get more into it when um, we cover Indiana Jones, which we will soon. But, um, yeah, I don't know. So Did you not that's... feel for him until you were 10? Is that, like, that was the first time you, like, felt for him? Because it I... was it not whole? at all yeah um i mean yeah i liked holes a lot but i can't imagine like i can't remember the source of like my big crush on him but legitimately like that like i would like write love letters to him and like i i was so obsessed with him yeah that's 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 my transformers memory (laughs) when kira saw him reading the autobot language in transformers revenge of the fallen and like having a spasm attack in the classroom, she was like, "That was her Dang. awakening." Yeah. Literally. Um. No, but like, um, yeah, that's the only reason why I watched um, the second one for my birthday. I like got a group of like twenty five kids, and we went to like a very terrible movie theater, and we all went to Friendlies afterwards and had ice cream. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Um, we, I, I don't think I even know 25 people now. That's crazy. I mean, it um, was just, like, my, like, third grade class or whatever, sixth, I don't even know how old I was. That's at least four years too late, but, um. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I haven't, okay. 
Yeah, I remember <laughs> when that's when. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, no, I remember when Revenge of the Fallen was coming out, and I was like, this was back when IMDb message boards were a thing. Yeah. And I was cursed. literally on, yeah, very first. But I was on that like all day in 2008, like during the summer, like looking at set pictures for Revenge of the Fallen. And mm-hmm. like I was, and they were like fan theories on like what the plot was going to be. And like, I like, I, I talked in the Cloverfield episode about how Cloverfield was kind of my awakening into like things like when it comes to like uh, fan speculation, fan theories and message boards and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, that was like when after Cloverfield came out, that's when the it started happening with Transformers. So I remember mm-hmm. after Cloverfield came out, that's when Revenge of the Fallen started filming. And that's when I started like going even more into it. I just kind of jumped from movie to movie to movie. Like, like find a new thing to obsess over each time, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And, yeah, what I'm trying to say is I love this movie so much as a kid. Um, I think I've seen it more times than I can count. Um, I, we've talked about this several times on the episode, but we always rewatch the movies we talk about each week um, mm-hmm. to better analyze them. And I almost didn't have to watch this again because I remember... I, I know every line to this movie. I know every scene. I know every line, every plot beat. I could, one night I recited the opening scene of Akira for Scream, and I could do the same thing for Transformers. <laughs> because I know, I know every line in this movie. It's ridiculous, but I do. That's true. Uh, ring, ring, ring. Hello? <laughs> okay, Drew Barrymore. Um, uh, How did you watch this? Do you have it on DVD? Um, I have the digital copy of it. I, like, I of watched course. it on, because, you know, if you buy it on whatever platform, if it's not movies anywhere, it goes to all your different platforms. Yeah, so yeah. I simply watched this on YouTube, because uh, I purchased it. And, oh, yeah. Uh, the way Michael Bay intended on my uh, very small Chromebook, I watched it. I actually and... watched it on my laptop also, um, because I was trying to, uh, I was trying to watch it on a, um, illegal website. And um, I got an ad. I sent it to Adam. It was like minions, like holding up signs. It was like deep fried minions. They were like holding up signs that was like, please disable your ad blocker. And it wouldn't let me move forward from that page. So I was like, fuck it. And my computer was literally like the scene in Transformers where the robots like hacking into the computer on Air Force One, <laughs> like <laughs> these minions. So I, I spent $2.99 US dollars to rent this movie for 48 hours this movie that is on tnt on a daily basis so if anybody wants to come over and watch it in the next 48 hours let me know uh and i told kira like after she bought it or rented it or whatever i told her i'm like dude i have it i I own this movie i could have just given you my login yeah she just replied shit (laughs) shite actually Uh, shite my bad um yeah, I've logged into Adam's Movies Everywhere account because one time I was just having a mental breakdown and I was like, I need to watch Phantom Thread immediately. As um, one does. Yeah, and I changed his uh, picture to Poppy from Trolls. So. Yeah, I, and I think I still have it, actually. Um, I hope so. It was I, Spider-Man, I, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, uh, yeah, thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll be back next week with another episode of this. Okay. <laughs> okay, so this movie um, starts off in a very... Um, the, the opening to this is very J.J. Abrams, the way um, it opens with the uh, Optimus Prime's narration. Mm-hmm. And, like, before time began, there was <laughs> the cube. And it's, like, <laughs> stupid, like, stupid little intro where the cube is, like, beating through meteors. And, like, yeah. there's literally, like, lens flares on the cube. And I'm like, shut up. Like, <laughs> Stop. And it's it's so obnoxious and mm-hmm. and but I loved it and I still kind of have love for it. Um and it's it takes no time to understand this is a Michael Bay movie because as soon as you get the exposition from the start out of the way, it's like nonstop military propaganda. Yeah, um, my first note is like I'm so sick of the US military. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and somehow the propaganda only gets worse in sequels. If you thought it was bad mm-hmm. in this one, it's somehow even, especially the third one, where they yeah. literally have like Buzz Aldrin, which I know he's not like military, but he's an astronaut. Like that entire movie is like a military circle jerk. Yeah, this movie is it's bad at it, but it's at least in comparison to the sequels, it's at least tolerable. Um, and I is think this reason- like funded by the military, like how the Marvel movies are? I don't... Wait, is is that true? Are the Marvel movies... Yeah, you didn't know that? No, I just consume. I don't... A lot of... (laughs) Like, a lot of action movies, if there's, like, military sequences, like, they'll be, like, funded by the U.S. military, and they'll let them, like, use, like, their planes and stuff, and that's why there were, um, like, Air Force commercials tied into Captain Marvel and stuff, and, like, Captain America. Yeah. Yeah, the more you know. No, this... I don't know if this was funded by the military, but I watched a uh, featurette um, for this movie after <laughs> I watched it the other night. And mm-hmm. um, there is a whole thing about like how all the Starscream sequences, like there's actual like fighter jets in this movie. And mm-hmm. um, people were like asking the military, like, do you not, like, why would you want the bad guy? like uh, Starscream to be a uh, U.S. fighter jet. And mm-hmm. uh, I think the military was like, well, it looks cool or something like that. That's like what the soldier said. So it was like, um, they were cool with it. Like they thought it was awesome. And I don't know if it was funded by it, but like- there, it's I'm glad we know what the U.S. military has to think about Transformers. But it's not even just the uh, fighter jet. It was also, I think there's like a tank in this movie. Um, mm-hmm. There's- there's some other characters, uh, but this movie, like most of it, focuses on soldiers, and not just like soldiers, but the FBI. Like, there's a yeah, lot. Yeah, honestly, of... I wouldn't know because I legitimately fast forward through anything that is like military talk or like FBI or like action scenes. Like I only watch the scenes with Shia LaBeouf and Megan Fox, and then I watch the ending fight scene on mute. And I watched um, Bill Hader as uh, Vinny Vidici, the Italian. Um, the Italian character from SNL interviewing Shia LaBeouf. I watched that with uh, the final battle on mute. So. Oh, well, <laughs> I'm so glad you did the homework and Thanks. prepared for this episode. After paying $2.99. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, it's your funeral, honestly. 
<laughs> my funerals, my bank account, buddy. That's what I'm saying. Like he still, Michael Bay still got your money. So. Uh, Shia LaBeouf got my money. That's true. Um, or rest in peace. Now we know Shia LaBeouf's dad got that money, unfortunately. So, <laughs> honey boy. Street Honey Boy on, on uh, Amazon. Amazon Prime. Yeah, right now. We still stand Shia LaBeouf in this day and age, actually. Yeah, so... Anyway, moving on from that very depressing point. (laughs) The Um, U.S. military, sorry. (laughs) No, 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 I'm I'm looking at the Wikipedia page, and I'm trying to think of how to even comprehend the plot to this movie. Um... But I don't know if I can. There's always, like, a random nerd that, like, has the fate of the universe in his hands. You know what I mean? Yes. This is another zillennial trope. Um, There's a lot of Sam Woodwicky in this movie is, like, he has a lot of zillennial tropes. Don't we see, like, a nerd who gets the girl uh, and the fate of the world in his hands? But he also, and this is another zillennial classic, he has an ancestor who is very, very important and Mm -hmm. links to his future. Um, he has like three out of three millennial cliches and maybe that's why I love this movie as much as a kid um, this movie uh, last week when we talked Big Fat Liar we talked about um, wish fulfillment in kids movies right mm-hmm. this movie is very wish fulfillment like you get a car and it turns out to be an alien robot who's your guardian angel and you get swept up in this <laughs> incredible adventure where is you this wish fulfillment <laughs> It kind of, like you you have your own robot and you beat an alien battle like like you you're in the I mean, front lines of it. Yeah, I guess this is like extremely like mid two thousands like heterosexual male wish fulfillment because I wrote down like the comedy in this film um, is like the equivalent of like a child learning how to curse. And it's, like, made for, like, dads to bring their 12-year-old sons and then have, like, a conversation afterwards regarding Megan Fox. This is a um, big thing that I want to talk about. Like, this was maybe one of the first, um, like, action movies that I remember being advertised very consistently on Nickelodeon. Um, Yeah, because it's Paramount. Because it's Paramount. But Yeah. It's extreme. Yeah. Sorry, I I feel the same way. I know exactly what you're going to say. Well, this is one of the first ones where it was like, this is not, like, we've had, like, there were other PG-13 movies that got advertisements on Nickelodeon before. But, like, this is one of the first, like, hardcore action movies that were, like, really advertised to kids. Mm -hmm. And, I I mean, I get that it's based off of a kid's show, but this is not a kid's movie. It's it's No, literally, like, this is the opposite of a kid's movie. Yeah, and, like, I, I'm trying to think of, like, this entire thing. I can't think of the words. Well, I'm trying to, like, so, like, when this movie came out, I can't imagine how many parents, my, my mom included, took their kids to go see this movie. And yeah. just on the basis that it was marketed a lot on Nickelodeon, it's about robots, mm-hmm. from, like, turning from the cars to robots, whatever. And they are met with military propaganda, masturbation jokes, um, yeah, I can't believe they of... literally said the word. Like, I, I gasped when they said the there's word masturbation entire... in this movie. There's an entire gag around masturbation. No, I know, like... but it's not even, like, a reference. Like, they legitimately say it. And I was like, wow, literally, like, this was marketed to kids. 
Yeah, and that's, I feel like this movie, when I say that, um, when I said earlier that this movie's kind of a stepping stone for, like, um, like 2010 action, like, mm-hmm. movies and how it's marketed to kids and how desensitization is kind of, like, a very big thing in America. Um, mm-hmm. I think this movie is partially very much responsible for that because this movie desensitized a lot of kids, <laughs> so many kids. To where yeah. I think there, back when the third movie was coming out, there was a big controversy with the MPAA, who was very strict on certain movies. But then they were like, "Well, Transformers literally has people like ripping heads off, and yet it's yeah. PG-13, and you marketed a Nickelodeon." Um, no, I, I remember there's there's like this one scene in the second one where like, I, yeah, it's definitely the second one because it was at my birthday party and I was very embarrassed about it. Um, there's a scene where like. He like well he the whole point of the movie is like he goes away to college and like he's in like a long distance relationship with Megan Fox and like trying to make it work and there's like this like new hot girl who literally is like a Victoria's Secret model that they just like cast that has never acted before. Um and Julia Fox, anyone? Yeah, but that's different. She's no, a good actress. A I it was just a joke. I, okay. I love Julia Fox. Yeah. Um yeah, so um yeah so like then there's a point where like she's like setting it up that like to like to get rid of Megan Fox or whatever so she like seduces Shia LaBeouf in his dorm room so that Megan Fox will walk in and see it and there's like this scene where like she's like kneeling and like her dress like comes up and like a robot tail like comes out and, like, it's, like, revealed that she's, like, a Transformer. Um, yeah. <laughs> she is a Transformer. And the whole time I was just, like, I feel like I should not be seeing this right now. No, totally. Like, that, that was, what, 2009? So I was, like, wow. Yeah. And I was, like, just like the I'm first... very uncomfortable. And just, like, With, like, my movie, entire, drive... like, fifth grade class, third grade class. I don't know how old I was. And I was just, like, haha. Unless, <laughs> well, just like the first movie, I dragged my mom to see that opening night, and mm-hmm. just once again, like I went for the robots, and I got an obscene amount of sex scene, like not sex scenes exactly, but like very, very vivid and uh, like drawn out innuendos and mm-hmm. jokes and stuff like that. I mean, like the, in the first ten minutes of Revenge of the Fallen, you have. Uh, dogs humping each other, more masturbation jokes. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I'm, we might do an episode of Revenge of the Fallen, so I don't want to... No, I don't think we will. It, but, well, we might. Uh, you never know. Maybe on my birthday one year, we might. Um, <laughs> as a gift? As a know. treat? As a gift. Uh, Adam could have a little bit of Revenge of the Fallen. As, um, as a treat? Uh, so, you know what? In case we never get to the third movie, can I just say... I've never seen the third Is that the one with John Cena? Or Mark Wahlberg? One no, of them has that's, one that's of them. the fourth one. Oh, no, that's okay. the fourth one. The third one is the final one with Shia, where it kind of yeah. like closes out his quote unquote character arc. Uh-huh. Um, and yeah, and I uh, I remember I saw that movie at the Kennedy Space Center after IMAX screening. That's kind of cool. Um, no, it, it was a very cool experience. That IMAX theater at Kennedy Space Center is fucking ridiculous. It's like one mm-hmm. of the best theater experiences I've ever had. Um, and I remember they had the Optimus Prime and Bumblebee cars, like, outside the theater, too. Um, mm-hmm. It was very cool when I went to go see that. And um, 
I don't know, like, because I remember the movie, some of it was shot at Kennedy Space Center, so that's why they were showing it there. Oh, that's and cool. And a, a lot of it has to do with NASA, the third movie. Uh, mm-hmm. Which is weird, because it does have to do with NASA, but a lot of the movie is saying that a lot, it says like the moon landing is fake. So I'm like, oh. you're like showing this movie, but it's implying that <laughs> the moon landing was staged. I mean, at least so they're I'm self-aware. Like, yeah, um, they. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know why I brought that up, but I thought that's like one of my very fond Transformers memories. Like we, I, mm-hmm. I fully went out to the Kennedy Space Center, see that in IMAX, like do the whole experience with it, um, before I developed taste, uh, before I came of age. Uh, I mean, I don't. I still don't have taste, but you know. Um, <laughs> so anyway, my my entire childhood, I wanted to um, drive a yellow and black Camaro because of this movie. And now oh, I just, too. I don't even drive. <laughs> so. I love that. You're like, I wanted to drive no, but now I don't even drive. Yeah, um, not yeah, at I, all. That was, my, that was my dream car, like, after this movie. And I, I know that was definitely the intention. Mm-hmm. Um, but Yeah, it because it so was, cool. uh, it was product placement for Chevy, which most but, of this movie is just product placement, which is insane, but... But it was like it's it's cool though because like this movie, um, I even wanted like the old Camaro. Like, yeah, this movie. this movie has a way of making the retro one look cool. Um, yeah, yeah. I you know how okay so this movie is like wish fulfillment for young boys. You know what this very much what so. okay, Bumblebee. I loved. I thought that was awesome. The one with Haley Steinfeld. Nobody talks about oh, the that movie, movie anymore. Bumblebee. Yeah, yeah, I love them. I was actually just thinking about that the other night. Like, I was like, that movie did a really good job at like bringing the Transformers back. Um, unfortunately, kind of connected to the Michael Bay movie, so it wasn't like its own standalone movie. But and uh, I remember the opening scene to that movie, like where it's like a very '80s version of Transformers, like a live action episode on Cybertron. And yeah. I was like, holy shit, I need this movie. Like, I thought my Transformers love was dead. And then mm-hmm. Bumblebee revived it single-handedly. And I, yeah. I really want another one from that. Uh, it was really cute. It's from really the guy who did Kubo and the Two Strings. Yeah. So it, was, it was really well done. Um, um, the only Transformers movie not made by Michael Bay, which is depressing. Um, yeah. So uh, I'll try to talk about the plot for this movie. Um, I can't do the entire thing because there's so many <laughs> different threads of the plot. Um, but I'll try my best. So after all the the military base attack at the beginning, where uh, yeah, all the stuff out, I stopped, fast forwarded through. Yeah, um, you have Shia LaBeouf, who's like explaining about his great great grandfather, who's the explorer, and mm-hmm. basically you want to know what of... wrote I, what note I wrote about that? The scenes in the Arctic. Please. Dan, I kind of don't care. <laughs> Dan, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Go on. Oh, okay. Uh, well, I care. Um, no, this movie, like after they, uh, after all that, he like bribes his teacher to give him an A, and that's how he gets his first car, which is Bumblebee, and it leads to, in my opinion, an iconic cameo from uh, Rest in Peace, Bernie Mac, who oh, yeah. I think this, I actually think the scene's pretty amusing. Like uh, it's just. There's some Michael Bay humor that doesn't work, but there's mm-hmm. some 
humor that he does kind of well. And when there's he a lot of like men like treating like old women like shit in this movie, <laughs> which you know, as Michael Bay does probably in real life. Um, yeah, this is true. He... Yeah, <laughs> but also like the grandma like flicking off Bernie Mac. And, yeah, like, just... that's cool. Yeah, we love to see it. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, I I don't know. There's just something amusing, like, about just the old, like, salesman and, like, he, the car. He's trying, I don't know what I'm trying to say. I, I liked the opening to this movie, okay? I, I have fond memories with it. This movie, like, I feel like a lot of people feel this way, like, older people feel this way about, like, 80s movies, where they admit that they're not great movies, but they're very formative for them. And this movie, I don't think this movie's great. Like, I'm not going to, you know, sit here and say it's great. But I have, like, ridiculously fond memories with it. Like, there is, like, because I remember, like, it's the buildup that kind of J.J. Abrams talks about with the mystery box, where it's like, I saw so many teasers for this movie. And the movie also has, like, a very slow build. Like, you get 30 minutes in before you fully see Bumblebee transform, you know? Yeah, you it's too You get long. almost an hour. I think it's perfect because you get you, it's just like that slow build and you just like when you finally see Bumblebee like transforming from a Sam and he fights off that other Decepticon like it's mm-hmm. it's awesome to me like as a kid because I was like it was just oh, I, I loved it um, but I don't know I don't even know what to say. do you have any like other thoughts about the opening to this movie? Um <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I just, I hate the aggressive patriotism in it. Um, I think it's, like, okay, other than the opening, can I talk about the, like, party? Like, his infatuation with Megan Fox? Yes, please. Okay, so, like, they go to this party, like, once he, like, gets his car, because he's, like, a straight boy, and he's like, now I got the car, now I gotta get the girl. Um, So... Yeah, Which it's so, barely even a party. He just goes to a public park where they're hanging out. Yeah, and his friend's like, are we even invited? Which his friend, like, barely exists in this movie, which is hilarious. Um, and he's like, okay, play cool, man. Play it cool. And his friend just immediately starts climbing a tree. <laughs> which <laughs> like, I find kind of amusing. And he's like, he tells me, he's like, can you please get down from the tree? <laughs> yeah. But, the guys, um, like, there's a full argument going on and the friend is just climbing it in the background. Yeah. Which is, it's pretty yeah. cool. That's honestly me and Adam. Um, yeah. That's just a chicken it, guy. Yeah. So, like, it's like really, I don't know. It's really funny. Like, because Megan Fox and her boyfriend like only break up because she wants to drive his blue Hummer and he's like no bunny like you can't drive my car and she's like I'm not your bunny and then she just like leaves and also it's like like the way that she's dressed and stuff like I know that she's like spoken out about the way that she's like portrayed in these movies and stuff and like good for her she's like honestly one of the most talented actresses in the Zillennial canon and like we've said it before in Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen, but like we wish that she'd make a comeback because we love her. Um, but um, yeah, so the way that she's like dressed and stuff is like obviously like ridiculous. But then I don't remember where they said it, but they said that the that they were in eleventh grade, which makes them like yeah. sixteen, seventeen. Um, and the funny thing is, in that there's like a classroom scene early on. 
and yeah. they're all like 30 year olds but oh my god i like wrote one, like but there's one or two like clearly 16 year olds yeah like, like everyone like looks weird. either 25 or 13 in that scene yeah it's, it's weird. so weird yeah, but, but I noticed yeah, that. Yeah, Swift's supposed to be, like, 16 or 17, so. and Megan Fox is legitimately, yeah. like, almost naked in, like, this scene. Um, and then the iconic which, shot of her, like, leaning over the car also, which is yeah, fucking ridiculous, because she's supposed to be a child, but, yeah. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And I remember seeing this in theaters, and, like, the audience cheering at that. Ew. And I was, like... I remember as, even as a kid, I was kind of, like, uneasy. Like, I was, like, uh, I'm, like, I don't, I just don't, it's just weird to me. Like, I, I even found it weird when I was a kid. And, like, mm-hmm. I know, like, a lot of, and I don't, like, I don't fault anyone for being, like, you know, attracted to Megan Fox when they were younger because of these movies. Because, you know, I mean, that was probably the idea, and she is very attractive. But, like, when I was a kid, I, it was weird. Like, I never was attracted to her. Like, I was just, like, I had, like, other crushes, but, like, I I felt like this entire franchise was trying to, like, get you really attracted to Megan Fox, but I always yeah. felt, like, when I was a kid, that these movies tried too hard, and it wasn't because of her, it was because the movies tried too hard to sexualize her, that even as a kid, I was just, like, it's, it's not, like, I don't know, like, I liked the character when I was a kid, but, like, I never felt the same way, I guess, other people did when they were, like, watching these movies. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think kind of goes against, which I'm glad things are kind of changing now. Um, they're not like, I mean, obviously they're still like the male gaze and stuff like that, but at least Michael Bay's not able to do stuff like this anymore, you know? Like where yeah. he's straight up presenting, like like the over the hood scene, basically. Mm-hmm. Like, because it's straight yeah. up like, it's disgusting. It really is. I feel like there's a um, lot of, um, also, just, like, the way that um, Sam Shia LaBeouf, like, talks about her is just, like, ridiculous. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of this that I was watching from the 2020 lens, and I was like, this is very problematic. Yeah. Um, but it's also, like, like <laughs> it's, it's crazy, because, like, I feel like the whole thing is just, like, wish fulfillment for, like, nerdy boys. Like, I, like, made a meme, like, a joke, not even just, like, a meme, like, it's literally just a joke um about because he's wearing a strokes t-shirt during it and I was like wow very formative for like the crush being like the geeky guy because I feel like in movies like romantic leads and stuff like aren't that brand of like crush that everyone had in like the 2000s but like that like geeky guy that like wore um like the strokes the classic strokes t-shirt that now bernie sanders <laughs> sure <enough>. um, <laughs> which i want to get even though i like have never listened to the strokes you heard it here first um what if it was movie and everything was exactly the same but sam was wearing a soccer mommy t-shirt is that a thing i feel like now would be like um because the other day when soccer mommy was at bernie's rally oh okay he said i thought you meant just like relevant t-shirts that like guys wear no i mean half of that yes but also half because i feel like it'd be like the new order like shirt with the flowers on it or um kendrick lamar shirt or i was drinking no probably probably tyler honestly if we're being honest you'd probably wear tyler the creator shirt or something I guess. If it was like, no, because like, like a guy that's like 
a guy that's like, oh, like, nobody likes me. Um, like, someone who uh, thinks that, like, people don't like them because they're, like, a nerd or a geek, but, like, isn't as mainstream as, like, a Marvel shirt. What? Not to open up this whole can of worms, but X Temptation. No, I don't think so. Okay, well, you know what? <laughs> this is why I don't make movies. <laughs> this is why we don't make movies. <laughs> if anyone gets that reference, you're a true film fan. The M&M's pre-show at the AMC. You don't just tell me. It's also at Regal, by the way. It's oh, really? Wow, there's really no yeah. escape from that terrible thing. No, the funny thing is I moved away from an AMC and I started going to Regal primarily. And yeah. I was like, well, the upside at least is that I don't have to see the Eminem commercial every time before I see a movie. And it's there. And then I saw the and then I saw John Wick chapter three and then it played yeah. and I was like, God fucking damn it. Yeah. <laughs> um so Transformers. Um, um Yeah, this I is mean, why we don't make movies. <laughs> am I right? <laughs> am I right, fellas? Um so I guess there's no real way to talk about the narrative order of this plot. I guess we can just kind of skim through the characters. Um, oh, wait. So, yeah. they. So Megan Fox walks away from her boyfriend and Shia LaBeouf is like, I should go pick her up. And, like, just, like, follows her down the road. Um, which, yeah. like, I understand because it's, like, you don't want her to walk home by herself. And, like, this sounds terrible and misogynistic, but especially in that outfit. She didn't pick out that outfit. Michael Bay picked picked it out for her. But she's literally, like, a child walking down the street in, like, no clothes whatsoever by herself. Um, and her boyfriend is just like, yeah, walk home by yourself. Um, so I feel very protective over her. So she shouldn't be wearing that. But anyway, so Shia LaBeouf goes and picks her up. And she, like, basically, like, doesn't really know him that well. But he's basically in love with her which is like every single teen movie ever oh um, that's a big millennial trope it's like not even millennial but like 80s movies too but like, like i'm thinking of like of... 16 candles and like like i feel like that's like my biggest reference point here is like um the nerd and 16 candles when he like picks up the girl that he's like in love with when she's like blackout drunk um and she's like do i know you and he's like yeah i'm in love with you like that you know what I mean but even like there's also like a very specific type of dialogue that's always associated with it where the hot person it, it even goes for like girls that are crushing on hot guys in movies but like there's always like the line of dialogue where it's like do I know you and they're like yeah we had a history together last year and the year oh, before this that. has happened to me and in I, real life though not like, like with oh, somebody oh, that really? I have a crush on not with somebody that I have a crush on but the only the first and only time I went to a party somebody asked me they were like oh are you new to the school district and I was like no I've been going here for 11 years (laughs) that was a real so that's uh, it for the Zillow canon (laughs) (laughs) yeah um So the, I don't know. That's am I Sam Witwicky? Only time will tell. You're, you're Sam Witwicky. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and me, I'm Megan Fox. Over. We the like. We were now. like in the same social circles too. Like I don't know what the deal was with that, but 
that just proves my uh my high school <laughs> life. And I, if we're can we also talk about though like when you said like the way like Sam treats her is very weird because there's moments where he's like sincere and then like there's other like then he hard like cuts to him doing something really disgusting like maybe especially when he like asks her to get in his lap because of the yeah. seatbelt thing yeah and it's like what the fuck like you like he there's yeah. moments where he's like a he's like a cute dork in this movie and it's kind of adver like it's like kind of sincere mm-hmm. and then like it's almost like I, I really do think like 10 people wrote this movie like there are like there's actual dialogue where you can see where she can actually have a crush on him and there's mm-hmm. stuff like why would you ever do that like why would you actually get in his lap like that makes yeah he's like he's, he's like well he's you might as well like, get in my lap <laughs> and she's like why <laughs> like literally <laughs> she's why? like literally why <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot to be said. I think I mean, the, even... the funny, the funniest thing is when he drops her off at her house and he says, "There's a lot more than meets the eye I with you." With you. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when I saw that in theaters, someone also clapped at that. I just the like, reference, and I'm like, Shut "She's up. a transformer." <laughs> what if that was the twist at the end? Was that she was a robot too? Well, I mean, that was the twist with the hot girl in the second one, so. Um, there's also, um, not even just, like, the way Shia treats her, but also the way John Turturro treats her. Oh, um, my God. What he, he's like, did you skip over the part where he's like, criminals are hot? And yeah, like, no, I saw Judy that part. Record. And yeah. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, yeah, I can't. No, I saw that I, part fully. I think I just, I don't know, like, as I have such fond memories of this movie, and I think I, like, blanked a lot of this out. Like, I just forgot it like head empty no thoughts like i just yeah basically a lot of it like i remember a lot of plot beats and then a lot of the good moments in this movie but like i kind of just i think willfully forgot about all the sex stuff Mm -hmm. um which is funny because like a majority of this pod has just been about that (laughs) um i don't know like but if we're gonna try to like talk about the entire picture um the military stuff is very very down your throat um a lot of this movie is also um like half of it's kind of about um sam and his stuff with michaela and bumblebee and then the other half is like like uh the troops in the desert um trying to if i'm being honest with you i'm not even completely sure what they're trying to accomplish like they yeah me neither they they get a from what i know they get, uh, at the beginning, their entire base is destroyed, so they're stranded in the desert. So I guess the nearest town is uh, not very close by. And they yeah, just so they're, like, traveling to some town somewhere in the Middle East to find a phone or something. Um, yeah. I skipped through all the military parts, or I just played Animal Crossing while they were going on. Um, um, some of it's kind of obnoxious, but, like, there's also one really cool kind of action sequence where, like, the scorpion is going, like, in and out of the sand. and like Oh, yeah. Them. I mean, I've seen that a million times throughout my whole life, so I just skipped through that. I think I still think that scene holds up pretty well because it, it's very, like... like I'm sorry, I'm the worst yeah. person in the world. <laughs> I mean, it's fine. It's fine. But they... The way... I don't know, I like that scene a lot because, like, the way, like, a tail randomly, like, appears behind them and it's mm-hmm. like taking them out like one by one like it's a pretty cool scene like 
Um, and I really enjoyed that sequence. And while, while I don't really like a lot of like the military, like the needless stuff with the military in this movie, um, some of the characters are like at least kind of, I don't want to say compelling, but likable. Like um, Josh Jamel's character. He's oh, I don't care like, about him. He could die. Sorry, that's okay. so mean. But like, we, just... like, he's just like my wife and baby. And like, there's nothing else about them. Like the wife is just like, oh, like at home. And then like the baby just like looks Well, do at you him. want like an entire plot line to that? <laughs> well, like, I don't care. Like literally just don't have the military stuff in. Honestly, the cube, I mean, yeah. just like let it destroy humanity. Give it to Megatron. We've lived enough life as humans. And um... Like, life really hasn't felt the same since 2007 anyway, so let Megatron destroy us all. I don't care. See if I can. Well, in my opinion, I like, <laughs> I like Josh Jamal's character, and I, I kind of like, <laughs> I kind of <laughs> like his banter with, like, the rest of the soldiers. Like, it's it's kind of typical. They stuff, literally but... yell at a man for speaking Spanish. <laughs> okay, well, you know what? This movie is terrible. Like, I <laughs> I don't know. Sorry, I'm not trying to, like, turn you away from this movie. I don't... I know it's problematic, but I enjoy it. I just... I don't know, like... Another thing, too, speaking of being problematic, there's so much just, like, police brutality in this movie. Oh, yeah, like, the scene where the, uh... I think it's Sam's barricade. Like, he's trying to, like, run over Sam and, like... Yeah. Oh, and also no, the like, scene where he's in the where he like gets chair. arrested and like the guy's like a little wowie sauce with the boys, and then That's he like pulls funny. a gun on him um, for no funny. reason. Um, and then that reminded me earlier on in the movie, uh, Shia LaBeouf calls his Chihuahua a crackhead. Um, <laughs> Literally for no uh, reason, his dog has a broken leg. Like no reason. And he's addicted to painkillers, which is yeah. But like that had no plot point other than the fact that like the cops found them in his bag and was like, "What are these?" Like literally, it was barely a joke. Like it was barely a punchline. Does it have to all add up? Like sometimes things can just happen. Yeah, like it's fine and charming that he has a chihuahua with a broken foot, but like because this movie doesn't operate like that on any other level, um, I hate it. It doesn't make sense. Hmm. Okay. Well, (laughs) I enjoy this movie. Um, And (laughs) and the other half of this movie is kind of uh, a bunch of hackers trying to. of course, hot hacker. You can't have a movie without a hot yeah, hacker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I wrote the same thing. Um, I can't remember the actress's name, but it's yeah, her. Yeah, me neither. She Mackie. has blonde hair. And she's like Australian or something. Anthony Mackie. Yeah, Anthony Mackie is the other hacker. And did you even watch this? <laughs> I fast forwarded through a lot of it. <laughs> Jesus. Yes, he's a he's like a main character in this movie. You're like Anthony Mackie's in this movie. <laughs> Where? He's the other hacker with the Australian chick. He's in like so many scenes in this movie. Wait, who's Anthony Mackie again? Hold on, I'm looking at a picture right there. Kangaroo Jack. Oh, we haven't covered that yet, so I don't know anything about that movie. <laughs> I'm waiting for Kira to find out Anthony who Anthony Mackie is. Anthony Mackie Transformers. 
Wait, Anthony Mackie, Trump. Oh, he says I don't endorse Trump. Okay. Transformers. <laughs> I only read headlines, Adam. I only read headlines. <laughs> Wait a minute. Where? He's not in Transformers. Oh, Anthony Anderson. My bad. Oh, okay. Anthony Anderson. Who's that? No, the guy. Oh, Anthony in Anderson in Transformers. I was like, there's... Okay. Anthony Mackie yeah, I fast-forwarded through the hacker scenes also. I got my Anthony's mixed up. My bad. That's um, okay. But, uh, but, yeah. So, Anthony Anderson in this movie... I remember is... being fond of him as a child. Yeah, uh, Kangaroo Jack, obviously. So I like, mean, in this movie. And, oh, yeah, he's funny. I mean, there's a pretty amusing scene where he tells the hacker lady, um, uh, like, <laughs> that if you, you, sorry, I was reading, I was, I was, I got a very weird text right when I was talking, and I'm like, what? Um, <laughs> he t- I'm just he looking at pictures of Anthony uh, lady um no he tells the hacker lady uh that um if you eat all the donuts you're innocent but if oh, you yeah. leave the yeah. donuts on the table you're that's not that's the only scene i really watched with him in it which is hilarious um yeah and, it's pretty good um so like that's just it like you have the entire government side which is the hackers and they like mm-hmm. which is weird they like hire weird hacker people yeah our military guys they can't hack their way for shit so we're yeah. gonna hire you guys to figure out what's going on it's really guys... funny because like the codes to the universe are on like a two gigabyte sd card that you can use in like my shitty camera yeah and like the fact <laughs> that she successfully got out of the pentagon with it like how she put like, it in a makeup case because she's a girl hacker. Ooh, yeah, she it, <laughs> she somehow gets across the country. Like, They're not gonna day. check there. <laughs> and it's just it yeah some of I mean again I'm not defending this movie like none of it makes sense like it really doesn't it's not you are it's defending not a good this movie. movie but that's okay it's not a big deal. But this <laughs> movie, um, so I'll just say. Other than like all the different humans, since we've already established all the humans, um, my favorite scene the robots. We, we we need to. The, um, my my favorite scene in this movie um, is when he uh, meets Kenneth Prime and the other Autobots for the first time. And I remember like the way I felt in that theater when that happened, like when Optimus transformed for the first time. Mm-hmm. And you're being introduced to all the different Autobots. I was like, I, I can't even like compare that. Like, that was like one of the first cinematic feelings I've ever felt like in my life. Like when you're watching like a movie and you feel like chills down your body. Like yeah. I remember feeling emotionally moved by that because like these I characters get that, that I were so easily. Do you get I, that easily? Um, like maybe once or twice a year. Like, yeah, it, it has to be a very special movie or at least like a very big, I, like, I don't know. The only time I felt it like last year was maybe Endgame and I kind of got one during Parasite just because it was so fucking good. Um, yeah. And Uncut Gems. That was like, I think probably three movies last year. I got it. And yeah, um, I used to get yeah. it during the um, Bohemian Rhapsody trailer. So I had to stop watching oh, the trailer. 
just because it was like oh my god the speakers in this room are so good and this song is great so I used to just leave the theater every single time the Bohemian Rhapsody trailer came on because I just did not want to see it I didn't want to give that any feeling or emotion um and then I would get it during the Rocketman trailer too I used to tear up at the Rocketman trailer every single time I saw it and I liked Rocketman a lot Rocketman's fantastic um yeah, Rocketman's great. yeah I get it I remember the last time I like fully got it other than Endgame was when I saw Arrival and I yeah. just I don't know why but that movie like just sort of chills on my body a lot Mm-hmm. Uh, like I loved, I was so emotionally moved by that movie that I haven't really felt that way since. Um, but I don't know the like way they introduced all the Autobots in this movie. Um, I don't know, like it's just so cool to me, and I I was in love with all these characters. I had all the toys for them, so I, I love mm-hmm. that scene. Um, and the third act of this movie, after that, kind of oh no, actually let me before I go to that, like there's you know the classic scene where aliens or creatures or something are like kind of messing up the house they're in um yeah or in this case outside of it um trying to sneak around and of course they have the gag where oh you can't mess up dad's lawn and he's like crushing the entire lawn Um, yeah that was kind of cool honestly in my opinion (laughs) oh sorry (laughs) sorry i'm like I'm gonna do this for whatever the next like teenage drama. I'm gonna is. kill you. <laughs> okay, sorry. I'll pay attention now. I mean, I don't have a lot to say. Like this movie, a lot of it. I'm not gonna like let this plot go to like a Michael Bay runtime. Oh just... wait, my favorite. What? Um, sorry to interrupt. My favorite line. I wrote it down. I think that happened before they went back to the house. But the funniest thing ever is when like the car pulls up and they're like scared of it. And Shia LaBeouf has, like, this, like, inspirational speech and was like, 50 years from now, you're going to look back and think you had the guts to get in the car. While that, uh, like, soft rock music is playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it, like, kicks in. And it's like, they literally almost just died. And he's just like, get in the car. Um, (laughs) He's like, 50 years from now, you're going to remember you had the guts to get in the car. And it's like, legitimately, you just watched it turn into a robot and you're just going to trust this car. Like, please, I would run away and go home. I would give them whatever they wanted. I don't care. Um, Can we? Yes, I agree. But also, (laughs) can we... Can we talk about? I just want to talk about like the the ending of this movie, which also the has a very ending? good slow. What? Why the ending? Yeah. I mean, there's not really a lot else. There's just like a bunch of action sequences. Yeah. Like I, after that, I had them on mute and I watched the SNL sketch with Shia LaBeouf. There's just. I mean, is there anything else to talk about? Because we got to the um, part where he needs other robots. The coordinates of the cube. The cube are imprinted oh, on yeah. glasses like that stupid ass knife in Rise of Skywalker. Like uh, Exegol, The cube's an Exegol, Adam. Adam, the cube's an Exegol. We gotta go there. It's an ancient Sith language that only three people can read. Um, well, we yeah, have one of them with so, us. Um, so and it's also ridiculous how like Michael Bay loves to rewrite U.S. history for his movies because he in the fifth 
Transformers movie. Um, he mm-hmm. implies that Harriet Tubman was an Autobot. Um, Are you kidding and Rosa, me? And Rosa Parks was an Autobot. Are you um, fucking like, kidding? No, I swear to God. And like, there's a scene in the fifth Transformers movie where like Mark Wahlberg and Anthony Hopkins of all people are talking about like Autobot history. And there's like a chart of like influential like Autobot or Autobot allies. And mm. it's Sam Witwicky next to Harriet Tubman and Rosa Parks. Oh, good. And, and like, good I think Malcolm X is there too or something. And I'm like, what the Great. fuck? And <laughs> so stupid. And yeah, it, it very highly implies that Harriet Tubman was an Autobot on Earth. Um, and Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah, I remember the opening to that movie is uh, King Arthur was an Autobot too. Um, is it's it's all about the knights of the round or the round table or whatever. It's so yeah. stupid. It's the worst movie I've ever seen. Transformers Five. It's, it's, it's one of the worst. It's kind of cool movies. though. It's, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm so tired. I'm sorry. We're gonna put that on, uh, We're gonna make our own like shop on. It. We're gonna quote that on a T-shirt. That's, that's kind of cool. cool. Cool, but... <laughs> I feel like that's like my catchphrase when I just don't know what to say on here. I'm just like, oh, that's, that's kind of cool, though. All I'll say is like the ending. Okay, actually, the all the whole uh, the cube thing when it but before it gets shrunken down to this tiny size yeah, cube. Yeah. The cube. The, yeah. What, what I was trying to go for with how Michael Bay rewrites history, he did this when he said, uh, "Yeah, the president decided to build the Hoover Dam to go around the cube because." <laughs> He didn't want. Uh, <laughs> he, oh, it's so stupid. Speaking of the president, the George Bush stand-in in this movie is so funny. It's like, yeah, hey, it's will you be? Ding-dong. Will you be a deer and get me some ding dongs? <laughs> <laughs> With like his big feet, like, and, like his big red socks, like, it's just like a stand-in for George Bush. Like, it's so funny. I love when um, there's like fake presidents in movies. I think that's hilarious. Like peak comedy. I love it because too. it's like I don't know. Like I feel like it's almost like a parody, I guess, of like whatever the president is at that time. But then like sometimes it's just like so like out of nowhere, like has nothing to do with any administration that like existed. Yeah. Um yeah. Yeah, I, but this is like very clearly George Bush. Um, yeah, I, I, I think I've always remembered that scene. Like, I always like think about it. I actually like uh, was in the kitchen while that scene was going on, like mm-hmm. on my rewatch the other day, and I had to like I realized I missed the ding dong scene, so I had to rewind mm-hmm. it just to watch it again. You can't miss the ding dong scene. That's the entire reason we're doing the episode. Um, <laughs> but I'll. But what I was um, going for with the whole cube thing, where it's like, that's another zillennial trope, where it's like, um, if it's like an action movie or an adventure movie or something like that, there's always like a device, like a Mm -hmm. MacGuffin that can defeat the bad guy because it has like this energy source or it has some significance to the plot or whatever. Mm -hmm. And of course, the kid is the one to defeat the bad guy. Yeah, literally. Just this child that has nothing to do with anything. Because, yeah. it, it, like oh. you said, it's wish fulfillment. Like, everyone wants to be, like, the chosen one. Like, it's so stupid. It's always, like, a nerdy guy, too, because they think that they're, like, oppressed. 
Well, I think. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Well, Jesus Christ. It's like no, I... it's like the same thing. Okay. I literally <laughs> ranted about this because I was so angry. Just, just a little sidetrack. Um, I had to watch, um, Taxi Driver for class. <laughs> Where is it going? I don't know. So I had to watch Taxi Driver for a class. And one of the first discussion questions for it was like, um, like, have you seen Joker? And um, how would you compare the two? And like, how is it influenced? And I like went on this whole rant. And then there were questions about like incel culture too. And like, granted, like Shia LaBeouf is not an incel in this movie. Like he's just like a (laughs) shitty guy. Um, Right. But it's all it's like with the rise of like and also like i'm reading a book about steven spielberg and um they talk about like in the 70s like basically like revenge of the nerds like rising like literally like not like the movie um but it's like nerds are not like the bullied ones anymore like they're the terrible ones now you know Like, they think that they're still, like, oh, like, woe is me. Like, nobody likes me. But, like, it's not weird to like these things anymore. Like, it's literally, like, billion-dollar corporations that you're standing. Like, every single person likes these things now. Like, they're literally dominating pop culture, and you're not special for liking them. You're not entitled to anything for liking them. So everyone shut up. Sorry. (laughs) But, like, you know what I mean? Like this is the same... I feel like that's kind of the same thing for, like, almost literally anything in pop culture. Like, any, no, yeah. like everyone's like, I like this thing, so I'm, like, I stand this, and you wouldn't understand that. And it's like, no, like, so many people do, literally. Like, shut up. No, I like, know, but it's, like, specifically, no, no, like, no, the male geek no, culture. Yeah. Like, that's no, what I was totally. trying to get at with, like, the strokes shirt, like, that it's, I, like, some, like indie special thing when like every single guy had that or has that shirt like that specific no, totally. logo and one you know what I mean I mean even like and I, I really enjoyed the Bumblebee movie but even like Haley Steinfeld's character was also kind of yeah like, but she, she has she the like, right to do that because we've all seen Edge of Seventeen and she can play that part fantastic. yeah everyone but, like, Edge of she has like you haven't heard of the Pixies you haven't Who heard cares? Of, no, uh, she's allowed to do that. Girls can do that. Okay, so only, okay, <laughs> okay, only girls can do it. But we <laughs> no, but I I agree with your point largely about um white male nerds being terrible. Even though yeah, I'm, like I'm, they're dominating like, pop culture. Like they don't, they're not like entitled to anything. It's the same thing well, with like the Last like, Jedi. It's like. Yeah, the movie was incredible, but even if it was bad, they're not entitled to a good movie. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I mean, we, it's not we, need their movie. Entire, we need to do an entire pod one day on Last Jedi Discourse. It's great. The I, it, we don't need <laughs> Well, I mean, I think there's a whole deep dive to be had about it, is what I'm saying. Like, the discourse specifically, not the movie. Yeah, itself, but I don't want to like, do it publicly because I don't want anybody coming near me. I mean, okay, fair, but I, what I'm trying to say is The Last Jedi is the best Star Wars movie, and yeah. you can't change my mind. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I mean, there's definitely, like, a sense of that, and there's, it, it goes deeper than just, obviously, Transformers. I mean, there was, pe- like, people that were, like, wearing Keith Ledger Joker shirts, oh, 2008, and, like, saying, you don't understand me, like, 
Yeah. It's just a cycle. It's, it's the same thing, like, now with Joaquin's Joker. Like, people, there's, like, a movement, and people, like, I feel represented by this movie, and it's, like... Are there people like that's that? That's scary. There are people on Twitter that are, like, I feel seen by Joker because I know what it's like to be a lonely, oppressed man. Oh, that's and that's great. I'm glad. It's very scary. I'm glad I'm we just, live in this like, timeline. Like, people are like, there's actual like Joker like Santa like, Claus. No, I know. Yeah, like it's it's genuinely terrifying. Like, yeah, I found that, a TikTok account, um, and it was this girl that like my friend sent me. Hi, Deirdre. My friend sent me like a really. Um, my friend Deirdre that listens to this um she sent me like a really really funny TikTok about Morrissey like making fun of Morrissey and I like went on the girl's TikTok account and it was like really funny but then like she has like so many things just like thirsting over the Joker and I was like this is scary um because <laughs> she was like 19 or something and I was like is this what the youths are um doing like what um yeah i don't i basically i'm old and i'm not good at this stuff anymore yes yeah, but what I'm i mean i say, i feel like i'm like almost like i'm i'm like i'm a youth i don't know <laughs> kind of i don't uh, know i don't like being seen yeah me neither uh, yeah um so i mean there's really nothing else to say about this movie you uh he just, i mean i mean really what else is there to say he defeats the bad guy there's an entire action sequence um yeah. he gets the girl um well, yeah there's a little bit of a sequel set up it's like it's the it's exactly what you think it is like it's it, it was very influential for me um i still contend that i enjoyed this movie i loved it as a kid i still find enjoyment in it today even despite it being deeply problematic on kind of concerning levels. But I, uh, what can I say? Like, I, I just, I think everyone has movies that aren't good. And that, I mean, that's this entire pod, but it's like, it, it's not a good movie, but I have fond memories with it. There's a sense of like wonder to it and wish fulfillment and not in the sense of where I feel depressed, but it's just like every kid kind of imagines like, you want to go on an adventure and this movie has a very cool one where the adventure just stops. So happens to have like really cool cars and like stuff like that, you know? <laughs> um, it was just, it was cool. Like it's the same way I felt like, I don't know when I saw Narnia or like Spider-Man, like you just Ooh, want to have Narnia. powers or that's, that's a big one. That's a millennial. We'll get to that's that. That's a, that's a wish fulfillment movie. Deeply. Yeah. For like um, young Catholics. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a Christian movie, but okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. Christian erasure over here. Um, what no, are you talking uh, about? I was literally a young Christian. <laughs> we'll we'll get to it in the in the Narnia. Save it for the pod. Yeah, sorry. Um. So, yeah, Transformers. Um. Good movie. What can you say? Shiloh. Um, Shia LaBeouf hot. Is it good? Um, is it bad? Is it somewhere in between? It's it fine. It's, it is what it is. That's my review of this My AirPods it, it just is died right there. Oh, hi, Adam. Well, I so was I'm just saying it is what it is. There's nothing else you can really do, say or do about Transformers. It is what it is. 
It happened. My AirPods dying is very, um, very telling because they're everything in the universe is telling me to shut up about this movie. Um, yeah, no one wants including to me. <laughs> so where can everyone find you? <laughs> on, on TikTok at k y r k a u. Um, I guess on Twitter k y r k a u. My Finsta, if anybody follows me on that, I'm not giving it out, but I have a new username on my Finsta, and it slaps. It, it's really fun. I saw it today, and I like had a little chuckle. I'm surprised you didn't say anything about it, to be honest. But if you can discover and find my Finsta, I'll let you follow it, depending on who you are. Um, you can follow me on... <laughs> At uh, on Twitter at Adam underscore not Sandler, and you can follow me on uh, let's see, Instagram maybe Adam Stories. And uh, if you can find my Finsta, you can follow it because I don't know, I, like I, I found like random strangers that just followed it now, and you know, fuck it at this point. So if you can find yeah. my Finsta, go for it. It's sad films make me want to die, so go for it. It's honestly at this point. Just, just giving out the If you want to see me cry on a weekly basis and like just post memes, go for it. Yeah, basically same. Yeah. All right. Well, it's been a pleasure talking to you. We'll get more into my Shia LaBeouf um, lifestyle. Uh, definitely with the Indiana Jones episode soon, please, because there's big Indiana Jones news today. I'm heated over it. But um, I'm fine with it. Hot take. Okay, well, fuck that. Maybe it's time to let the old ways die. All right. No. Yeah. On that, um, also, speaking of maybe it's time to let the old ways die. Um, so I usually spend every episode painting my nails um, because I can't focus on, like, one thing at a time. Like, my brain is just broken. Um, but I already have a manicure, so I spent the whole time uh, drawing a picture of Kylo Ren. So I'll be sending that to Adam, and I'll be posting it also on the Twitter account if anybody cares. Please do. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye, guys. <laughs>